What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, the one and only Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reason Sports. Shout out to the owner and proprietor, the CEO of Five Reason Sports, Mr. Ethan Skolnick, for giving us this platform, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty, joined as always by my uh, compadre, my good friend, the FIU superfan, the one and only Mr. David Handel. David, what is going on, sir? I am doing well. I am doing well. <sighs> you know what that is, Eric? You tell me, that's, what is that, sir? What does that sound? That's the Owl Cane Pack. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Honestly, there's literally no celebrating I can do because they both had such an incredible run, especially FAU. Like that. That that was such an awesome, awesome run they had. Um, I honestly couldn't. I don't know what I would do uh, if I was in that scenario. But um, but yeah. Besides that, uh, doing well. Ready for the Masters this weekend. Um, you know, works good. Good to see you uh, in person. What well, not two weeks ago, uh, which we'll get yeah, into. Yeah. But um, but yeah, all good over here, Eric. David, really quick, you know, obviously we're primarily a football podcast, but I do got to ask you, man, because I, I, this is where I can drop the journalist aspect for a second here. I know how I would feel if USF made a Final Four run. I, I would be sick, especially if UCF, you know, wasn't in the tournament. Feel like you didn't left behind. I would, hell, David, I was sick the fact that USF I think beat UCF both times this year. <laughs> so that that's that's let alone you know my rival making a Final Four run. I mean, what was it like to experience that? And just kind of what are just take me through through the thoughts. You know, just overall, like bring bring us inside. All right, so I'll start with what I would do if that was FIU. Um, two things: if we would have made the, uh, like a magical run to like the Final Four. Just in general, um, I mean, I would probably one. Um, first of all, I, 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 I honestly, I can't even. It, it's so funny because there's certain scenarios that I can imagine. I honestly almost can't even imagine it um, of how crazy of a feeling that is, and um, especially to the point outside of just fandom of like what that would do for FIU is also just a total other conversation. Um, but I mean, it would be one. It, it would probably be the top – it would be that's – a, that's a good question. If it, if it would top my FIU over UM uh, moment of fandom, it would it would come – I mean, Final Four. I mean, in terms of, of what you would want, obviously you'd say, you know, Final Four run. You know, the UM one obviously is, is, is a personal uh, favorite moment of mine. But, I mean, I, I, it would be insane. Uh, I would 100% I know a lot of – the Owls made the trips not only to just Houston. I know they went to Madison Square Garden. I would also be there spending all my money uh, to, to go to go to these games and just being there in person for one of those events. I can't even imagine. Um, so, yeah, I would be ecstatic. Um, but at the same time, I know Owl fans don't want to hear this. <laughs> I also don't know what I would do if I would have lost that way in the Final Four. That was so gut-wrenching, um, and I can't even imagine – what uh you know what the, i know i know what shane was going through as we, we were speaking us three uh i would probably be close to what shane was feeling uh probably um just to mix some emotions of just anger and 
and and sadness, but then also you step back and realize what a what an awesome run it was. Um, so yeah, it, it would be it would be a top moment, uh, top lifetime achievement, if some would say, if if that were to happen. So let me give you what I've got, David, because I genuinely think you raised a point there, and maybe we'll pose this question to FIU fans here in this pod. You know, maybe David, we should we should post that as a Twitter question on the podcast account. What would have meant more to you, an FIU Final Four run or the win over UM? And here's why I say, and listen, I am not a Panther, but here's why I believe that the Final Four run would have meant more. If we're talking in specificity, Florida Atlantic's Final Four run, David, hearing 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of college basketball, chant three letters, F-I-U, over and over and over. And then to follow that up, to get on the biggest stage of them all, the final four, 70,000 people, all chanting FIU. I'm just telling you right now, as a UCF grad, I know, here's the two things I've got for you, David. One, I know how it felt when the the Peach Bowl upset, you know, the 2017 UCF team, that feeling what it was like to hear the entire stadium chant UCF. And then, when UCF makes the run in 2019 to the Sweet 16, only to fall on a last second shot that rimmed out to beat Duke. And not just any Duke team, David, the Zion Williamson. Uh, I remember. I was crushed. So I absolutely understand, like, to an extent, because I mean, Sweet 16 versus Final Four. I mean, not just Final Four, going to the National Championship game, how Shane was feeling. And I won't divulge what Shane said, but I don't blame him. And I know David does not blame him as uh, well. Do I. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think overall for what it does for the program, there's no doubt in my mind that go, making the trip to a Final Four uh, versus a regular season win uh, on a season that ended up being six and seven is, you know, should be everyone's answer. <laughs> um, it's just that that moment was so special that it's a moment that, one I'll never forget, um, and and just what it meant, just being an FIU fan, growing up an FIU fan, and just being able for like the first time, like honestly, just be able to talk shit to my UM friends um, because now it's real. Like I can say, like, yeah, we beat you. Is a moment that like I will cherish, and I still cherish to this day. Uh, but yeah, no, the real the real answer obviously is Final Four. I mean, there's there's no doubt. It's the same thing, like you know, making it to the, the college football playoffs. Like it's like, it, it's, there's levels to it. Um, there's the personal, you know, l- love for that one game. But I mean, what it does f- as a fan and, and for the school and just in general, like I can't even imagine the emotion that'd be going through if I was witnessing FIU, not even like you said, like Madison Square Garden, I'll, I'll take a sweet 16 in a heartbeat. But like to the fact that they got to the final four and how close they got, to act like like I was watching that game and I'm just looking at I was like looking at the TV and I'm like this team like FAU FAU are lifelong rivals that you know are G5 like like I would have never projected anybody like in our realm to be making this run and I'm literally watching that they might actually make the championship I was like I, I, I honestly, at multiple points through the tournament, like I couldn't believe my eyes. Like when they beat Tennessee, 
Um, I, that was another one. I was like, this can't be happening. Can it like what? Um, like there's just moments like that. And then, you know, um, it was, it was just, it was incredible. Like, uh, like my unbiased side was like, this is in- insane. But then my fandom eyes was like, yeah, they need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, also want to say we are going to try to track down Kevin Fielder or Zach Weinberger to uh, just talk a little March Madness, you know, because it was such a great run. So we're going to try to track down one of the guys. I know they've been traveling all over the place. I'm sure they're just happy to be back in their own bed um, at this point. But we're going to try to track down one of the guys to talk a little bit of March Madness. So we'll do that. Last but not least, David, before we transition into what was our spring uh, kind of become an annual tradition for David and I to link up at the spring game and talk shop, talk shop <laughs> there on a Saturday. Of course, FIU makes all the spring practices open to the public. So if you've not made it out to a practice, you have the opportunity to do so. The next practice coming up uh, at the time of this recording, I should probably hear it will be the Saturday practice at Charles Hadley park. Um, the Campbell field, Charles Hadley park, a, a big, uh, they're doing a whole Saturday Easter deal um, there at FIU, or not at FIU, at Charles Hadley Park, but FIU will be practicing there. But, Dave, before that, we get to that. Where, uh, sorry to jump in. Is that the Uncle Luke one? That is at Uncle Luke Park, at Luther Campbell yeah, Field, correct. Yes. So, um, definitely will be interesting to see how that fares out. Uh, start time there is 8.30 a.m. So, at the time of the recording. The last thing, David, and I, I kind of feel like you should be mentioning this, but you know me, just the nice guy that I am. I feel the need to give love to all of Panther Nation, regardless of whether it is, uh, you know, the the fan base or, in this case, uh, the matriarch of one half of the Shieldwell Pod uh, is now a member of the FIU Board of Trustees. So congrats to Mrs. Francis Handel for that announcement that uh, was tweeted out yesterday about 2.13. So congrats to David's mom on that. Uh, without congrats, further mom. <laughs> Without further ado, uh, we will toss it to our recording. As I said, this took place a couple Saturdays ago, the first Saturday practice open to the public. David and I chopped it up and gave our our thoughts, and uh, here it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports. You know the familiar voice, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation. Got, as usual, our FIU super fan as we are doing our, what, now annual? I think we can call our annual Annual, taping here at spring practice, Mr. David Handel. David, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's hot as hell. It's good to have football back. Um... You know, it, it feels good. Actually, I was literally mentioning it uh, to some of the guys here. It feels like just yesterday that uh, we were out here at the live practice. So it feels good to be back, um, recovering from my nose surgery. And uh, I'm good to go, man. I'm good to go. <laughs> David, you're saying it's hot out here, man. I, I think you're starting to get a, be a soft. Uh, you're not a real South Floridian because this yeah. is, what, like 82 degrees out here? I know, you know? But maybe it's because I've been posted up in my house for a week and a half recovering in air conditioning. This is like the first time I step out in a while. So, yeah, I'm getting soft. Salt my old age. <laughs> that absolutely could be the reason. But as we said, we've got our annual taping here out at the FIU practice fields. Got a really nice crowd out here, David. I mean, we've got you know probably about two to three dozen recruits out here. We've got Section 112 out here. Uh, definitely a good shout sh- out. Shout out to baby Danny Dennis. <laughs> We're watching Danny and his son right now walking around. <laughs> we literally are on uh, field one right here as the defense is coming back over to go into individual sessions, and we are in what uh, Section 12 uh, session. Um, 
yeah, session 12 here. I'm just looking at the uh, at the scoreboard here to see where I know going to 13. So individual drills. But yeah, David, so uh, I know you just got out of here. It's about a little after 11.05 Eastern. As you can hear that horn in the background. Uh, what's your early in, uh, impressions, early initial thoughts? You've been out here about five minutes. Maybe we'll let you add to this in a little while, but just so you know, what do you see so far? Um, to be honest, uh, it's it's not been the best performance of quarterback play <laughs> in this in this early session. A lot of missed throws, some drops. Uh, it's either to one of two things: DBs looking great, or 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 guys need to keep practicing. Um, but you know, I, I've obviously only been here for a bit now. Um, you know, and 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 they just actually went through. They actually did just complete a huge. Grayson completed a huge uh, touchdown pass down the field, looked probably around like forty yards, which is nice. Uh, but from the rest of the guys, haven't seen too much yet. Uh, hoping to see a bit more from them. And uh, you know, the elephant in the room, uh, the O line. So. Um, and I know we'll talk a little bit about that now, but want to see, uh, you know, it, it's good to see there's a lot more bodies out here, but uh, let's see who's going to step up. Yeah, David, as you mentioned, the elephant in the room. And let me just quickly add on to that uh, that TD pass. It was Grayson James to Eric Rivers, the Memphis transfer, came in or caught a nice TD. It's early. You know, it's, this is the first time they're doing one-on-ones in pads. So we'll, we'll, they will do this in about another 30 minutes. Maybe we'll, uh, by the time yeah. we record the end of this podcast, a <laughs> few more completions. We'll from tack the, it on at the end. We'll tack it on at the end if, if it's changed drastically few more completions from the offense here but yeah I think the big thing uh, as far as of note that David talked about the elephant in the room is the offensive line and Lindell Hudson Jr. a three-year starter uh, you know back from the Butch Davis era at right tackle has chosen to enter the transfer portal and you can also account for Shamar Habdi Lee, who would have been a two-year starter at left tackle last year, started all 12 games, played the most snaps for FIU last year, 804. He chose to enter the transfer portal. So you lose, uh, I, I honestly, if you want to say projected, because obviously if you ask Mike McIntyre, he'll say that all, and Josh Urgel will say that all positions are open for grabs, up for grabs. But with that being said, your two starters from last year who likely would have been in the rotation this year, that you can say safely, they are now in the transfer portal. And at this point in time, they're not coming back. There's no room at at this point in time in spring for them to, you know, make a re-entry to the, uh, to the Panther programs. That's something to keep an eye on. What I, and again, David and I are actually looking right at the offensive line right here. See AD Scott Carr, his lovely wife, Pam and uh, Katie Basin, the uh, chief of staff of FIU football right in front of us, but we're taking a look at the offensive line. We've seen a lot of Travis Burke, the transfer from Gardner Webb at left tackle. We've also seen Philip Houston, a kid from Houston, Texas, suburbs of Houston, uh, Juco transfer from last year at right tackle did get a little bit of time last year. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on David you know I'll flip it back to you in terms of the offensive line not asking you to be an offensive line expert by any stretch of the imagination however um, in really the heyday um, of Panther football I mean I guess you can go back to TY days but I'm talking about recent heyday um, when it was Shane Magoo and Kai Abshire and and Devontae Love and you know the list goes on right it was uh, Alan Mogridge of course was the position coach at that time a really deep offensive line that sprung holes for guys like Anthony Jones Napoleon Maxwell etc gave James Morgan time to do his thing um, how concerning is it that you know, you have some offensive linemen leaving, and again, it seems it could be another shuffle there up front. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty concerning. Uh, can't lie, especially the fact that our O line last year was you know one of our biggest weaknesses and something that I definitely wanted to see an improvement on. And the fact that uh, you know we just lost two of our starting tackles is never a good thing, especially like. You know, you lose one, it's like okay, like it's it's bad, but losing both of them on the same day is 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 not great. Um, and we've lost we also lost Julius Pierce earlier, like yeah. so like it's it's it seems like the O line is almost taking a step back, which is already worrisome because it wasn't where it should have been last year. Um, 
So it um, is worrisome. It's definitely some, something to keep an eye on. I think it's definitely – it honestly might be the biggest thing to keep an eye on uh, this this spring and just offseason in general. So, um, you know – Hopefully, you know, hopefully, obviously, there's a new coach in town and, and, and hopefully he can get these guys ready. But, um, you know, just from an early onset look of things, it's, it's, it's not great. The positives you have to take a look. We do have John Bach, of course, the local kid, son of uh, former Miami Dolphin, John Bach Sr. He's returning. You've got Jacob Peace returning, Jamari Sylvester returning. So you do have some pieces. But again, yes, that offensive line, which uh, was a struggle last year. You know, last year was the year that you would say, all right, they're young, they're finding their yeah, footing. Exactly. Now this year, you want that development. It's tough when you lose two, two tackles. So uh, we're going to go and take a pause right here. Again, we're at period 13, about midway through practice. We're going to drop some sound from Josh Ergel, uh, FIU offensive line coach, who I spoke to on Tuesday afternoon uh, talking about the progression of the offensive line. This was before the transfer of Lindell Hudson Jr. and Shamar Habdi Lee. And then I plan on post-practice. We have Mike McIntyre, or slated to have Mike McIntyre and David Yost. So hopefully we'll be able to ask Mike McIntyre about the offensive line situation. So we're going to drop some sound in here and then we'll come back in a bit uh, with our observations of the second half practice. Um, unfortunately, you know, for you guys, did have a couple of alignments yes. to enter the portal. Just want to yeah. ask, you know, your, uh, I'm not asking you to comment on guys who aren't here. But you had two starters who did choose to leave. What yes. does that do to your O-line depth? Well, I think our one of our guys that retweeted one of their tweets said, go get paid. I think that tells you what's going on in college football. That's all that needs to be said. Um, we um, we're going to miss them. Um, wish them the very best. We got some really good football players here. We got some really good young football players. The good thing is they left at the beginning of spring, so we can work those other guys and they can get better. We're not wasting reps on guys that would have left. The only thing is I meet with all those guys in Jan in December, um, and that's why a few guys left. We talked in person. They told me they were staying. So uh, if they would have been better for our program, if they would have left in January. And I'm not keeping anybody from leaving, um, but uh, um, we're going to miss them. They're good, they're good kids. They're good players for us. But we got some really good football players out here, and they got a lot of practice here. So it is going to be really good for us to get that practice now. One more follow-up on that, Coach. So obviously, again, one of the things you talked about last year was only having six scholarship offensive linemen when you started, when you uh -huh. came here. Now you lose those two guys. I know yes. you've got Burke and Houston coming in, trying to fill the tackle spots. But just yeah, they what does that do for really your really good out yeah. there, too. Burke and Houston look really, really good. They, I mean, Houston looked really, really good last year. Sure. Um, if he would have been here in the spring, he would have been playing a lot more last year. Um, and, uh, and plus, he's put on 22 pounds. <laughs> and Burks looked really good. So those guys, they'll just get more reps. The great thing about them, they're in great shape. They can go all day. So um, we'll work with them. And we got some young guys. You know, we got um, Kel Rabus in here. He got a lot of reps. He's six foot five, 280. So he's going to get a good jump start on spring where he wouldn't have got as many reps. Now he's going to get more reps. All right, that sound you just heard was from FIU head coach Mike McIntyre along with deputy head coach Josh Ergel, deputy head coach and offensive line coach Josh Ergel talking about the offensive line. David and I are here. We're in period 23. We got a little 11 on 11 action here. We're seeing seeing some passes from Grayson James. David, what'd you see right there? Because I, I was I was seeing some of these recruits come by. What'd you see? I just saw, I think Rowdy Beers get laid out. So uh, That might be 85? No, that's that's uh, Jackson. Jackson, Jackson, yeah. yeah Rowdy shouldn't be here, but <laughs> looks like he's back up. Yeah. He's back up. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, we've got some 11 11 action here, period 24. We've had all four quarterbacks get some run that I've seen. We've seen Hayden Carlson, seen a lot of uh, Kiwan. Kiwan Jenkins yeah. getting some run. Uh, Grayson James, I've seen Amari Jones. So, uh, does look the offense is moving here. We've had a couple plays. Eric Rivers, as I mentioned early on, has made a couple plays. We've seen number zero David right there in the backfield, Chamari Lawrence. Uh, bigger back. Definitely yeah, bigger. Big dude. Yeah. That's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, he's made a few plays on swing passes. Uh, look, there's, there he is again. <laughs> Speaking of, literally just caught one and took it to the house. Wow, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> I, I, we're going to try to we're gonna do our best play-by-play play here yeah. and try to paint the picture. 
But um, dropping back to the left side, it. <laughs> but no, if we, uh, we just saw Shamari Lawrence catch a swing pass. I mean, David, all jokes aside, though, and talking about his size, and that's one of the things when you saw, um, you know, Flex Joseph obviously a um, bigger back as far as stature, but his his height uh, is not that big. Uh, Shamari Lawrence does look to be a legit six foot two twenty yeah. in pads, and as you mentioned, broke away on a little swing pass up the left side, took it right to the house. So definitely some speed. That's nice to mention to having the FIU backfield. No, definitely. I mean, he, um, you know, I think. All the big plays in that 11-11 were were through him. So um, definitely seen some flashes. And, and like Eric mentioned, we've seen pretty much all four quarterbacks get some reps today. Um, I don't know what's what's going on now, but uh, but yeah, no, that's that's definitely huge. Actually, speaking of, where is Flex? Is, he's, is, where is Flex? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned. That. I don't believe we've seen Flex Joseph yeah. out here today. He may have the day off. I will ask uh, Mike McIntyre when we have him again for media availability for uh, Saturday's media availability. But yeah, it's a good good call by you, David. I have not seen Flex Joseph even um. We'll get a look here as we're in period 24 here. It looks like we're going to go 11 on 11 again, just running back, coming this way. So me and David may have to move in a second because they're going to be coming directly at us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have to take a look and see what we see here with, uh, with Flex Joe's far as his availability. Um, but, yeah, I think overall, um, yeah, I'm looking, no, that's Shamari Lawrence again, so not Flex. Uh, solid first day in pads. I mean, definitely some things I think you'll, you'll want to yeah. clean up. I'll be curious to see what the coaching staff says. But go ahead, David. You want to jump in here really quick? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I kind of just to piggyback on it, uh, definitely some things to clean up. Um, but, you know, overall, it is the first day. Uh, everyone's kind of starting to just get back into it. Um, you know, seen some good things, seen some things definitely that that, uh, that the coaches are definitely going to be improving on this spring. But, um, you know, overall, pretty good day, and it feels good to be back. All right, so we're going to hold here for a second. See, either either one or two things is going to happen. Either they are running goal line and we're going to come directly at us or they're going length of the field again. Just like they're going length of the field because yeah. here quarterbacks are facing the opposite direction. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. get a, a real bird's eye view here. So I'm going to let David uh, hang on to the recording here because we're going to get some uh, some good action here. All right, offense is now, now on the field. Hayden Carlson back to pass and right through the hands and complete. Oh, flag. Yeah, looks like gonna flag. Looks like they got there early. That's what I saw too. So the uh, the offense is moving up the field. They're moving up here about ten yards. Uh, just for everyone at home, listen, we didn't make it out here. These practices are fully refed, so we got some flags going on out here as well. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, you know, you, you guys are getting a, a bird's eye view. You're getting a, a, the the sounds of a true practice here. But we'll keep an eye on uh, Chris Mitchell. See what his availability is here. But David, let's go and get ready and close this one up. Because again, we're gonna splice in sound for. Um, Post practice here today, Hayden Carlson taking the snap, and he's got a quick completion, one-handed snag by Josiah Miaman. Nice grab. He's heading up the field. Um, David, just overall, um, again, it's week one, so early on. What are the things now that you would want, that you've seen from today, that you would hope three weeks from now, you know, get a little bit tightened up and make some things that that you feel optimistic about heading into the uh, the latter half of spring? Yeah, uh, I mean, defense, defense looks up and at it today, uh, making some big plays out here. I think things that need to be cleaned up. Look, I mean, that should that would have been a sack, honestly, if they didn't. They would have stopped the play right there. Defense playing pretty well. Um, things that I definitely want to see clean up. I've seen a lot of drops today, a uh, few bad passes. Uh, I think more on the offensive side of things have been a bit more sloppy today. Um, but, you know, first day, first day back, uh, I expect those things to be cleaned up, uh, you know, going forward. 
All right, so you got it there from our FIU superfan, Mr. David Handel. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Handel321. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching. Uh, we're going to chase down Kevin Fielder. Our buddy Kev is having a grand old time. As, oh. oh, go ahead. Don't get me started. We're, we, we're not going to chase down anybody. We are not talking to any owls. I am sick of this. I This 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 could be a more disgusting March Madness run of two of my biggest enemies in the Elite Eight. Um, so, no, Kevin, we will not be flagging you down. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So I guess David's made the executive decision. We're not flagging down Kevin Fielder or Zach Weinberger. No, we, we will uh, we'll get some of those guys on when March Madness ends to also talk FAU side of things. They have an exciting spring practice. Uh, yeah, got a break up there, but they've had an exciting spring practice. First one. Defense playing, defense playing well, I'll tell you that. First uh, FAU spring practice under Tom Herman. So we'll definitely try to get the FAU side of things. So you can find us on Twitter at Pod. Thank you for listening and uh, join us next time.